This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code REALSIMPLE at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Adulthood Made Easy, a podcast from Real Simple Magazine that will not only help you navigate real life, but win at real life. I'm your host, Sam Zabel. We've talked about career many times on this show. We've talked about negotiating your salary. We've talked about what to wear to work. We've talked about how to deal with a nightmare boss. But I admit I have shied away from one particular topic, and that is gender discrimination in the workplace. And that's probably because I work at Real Simple. It's a magazine. It's a media company. I work pretty much exclusively with women. And I feel really lucky that I don't, or at least I think I don't, encounter any biases. My bosses and my coworkers are all strong and brilliant and accomplished women, but not everyone is so lucky. And it's especially tricky to be a young woman in the workplace and wonder what your place is when you're at the bottom of the totem pole. Like, how do you approach these potential biases? What are you supposed to be looking for in a company? And what can we do as new people in the workforce to help change our companies? To discuss this and more, I've asked Amber Madison to join me today. She's a therapist, author, freelance writer, gender expert, and the founder and CEO of Gender Rebrand, a training program to help undermine gender bias in the workplace. Welcome, Amber. Thanks for having me. I was just going to say thanks for joining us today. Of course. So you have a laundry list of titles. You're a therapist. You're an author. I just listed all of (laughs) them. So how did you get from therapist, author, freelance writer to the CEO of this awesome company, Gender Rebrand? Yeah. So very much like you, my background was in public health and then media, and then I became a therapist, and I was always around women. You know, I'd heard, obviously, about women's issues in the workplace. And believe me, I absolutely believed they were there, but it was never anything that I experienced firsthand. And then um, a couple years ago, my then boyfriend, now he's my husband, decided he wanted to go to business school. So I picked up with him and we moved and, and he started business school. And that was the first time where I was in an environment that was really male dominated. And the stories I would hear from women about working in these, you know, in finance, in tech, in all of these different industries that are really male dominated, the stories I would hear, it just shocked me. And so about six months ago, I decided, you know what, I've seen enough and it's time that we do something about this. So that's when I started Gender Rebrand to help teach companies how to be better with women, but also how to be better with men, how to not let gender stand in the way of individuals being able to be themselves. When I think of gender discrimination, I understand that there's a gamut of experiences you can have. But I think the stereotypical things are like women get passed over for promotions or, you know, men are inappropriately affectionate in the workplace. But there's so many more scenarios that are maybe more subtle, less subtle that you don't you don't necessarily come first to mind. You know, in terms of a lot of the sexism and gender bias that people experience at work these days, a lot of it is really subtle and in a way that's harder to deal with because it's the kind of thing that you can feel in your gut and you just, you sort of know maybe you're not valued as much, maybe your voice isn't as strong as the, you know, as other men that you're working with. 
And you sort of know that in your gut, but there's not anything really concrete that you can put your finger on. And I think that's where it becomes really dangerous just because it's hard to recognize and it's hard to name. So what were some of the stories you heard from from women that, that really surprised you? I would hear from almost everybody and this would be situations at business school, but then also in their summer internships of being in a group of people. And this is a co-ed group. Let's say it's 10 people and it's mostly men. There are one or two women. And every time they would speak up in the group, someone would talk over them. And so that was something that, that almost everybody had a story about, which was crazy. And I mean, even stories of raising their hand in class and the professors only calling on men and not calling on women. So that's a really common one. The other one that I found really interesting, if you look at who's recruiting for what and who the different the different companies were were recruiting, when it was strategy, it's mostly men. And when it's human capital, which is work with people, it was mostly women. Mm. And uh, yes, I'm sure some of it has to do with what people were interested in, but there's a lot of, you know, co-ed men and women would go out for these different positions. But when you look at who makes it to the second round, who actually gets the offers, there are these very gendered lanes of you know, we think men, we think analytical, and they're going into strategy, and we think women, and we think touchy-feely. Okay, you deal with the human element. So that was another thing that I found really interesting to observe that just, you know, and, and again, this is not like outright like, oh, women suck, they can't be bosses. Right, right? that's what I was thinking. It's not, and it's not also incredibly negative. Like for women to be recruited for human capital, like it's a job, it's great, but it's the idea that, that that's sort of where they're pigeonholed in a way and and it's almost like and then it's exactly what you said it's then men are pigeonholed on a different path when maybe a man would be a really strong HR professional and a woman would be a really great strategy consultant or a bank manager I don't know finance jobs (laughs) so I'm like I don't know money person (laughs) but yeah but (laughs) something like that yeah there's um a guy I spoke with and his field for a long time was human capital Nonprofit human capital consulting. So this is, you know, when you think touchy-feely jobs you would associate with women, this is like a pretty heavily female job. And he said that constantly he would get people saying, oh, you know, when are you going to move to a job that's more suited for your skills? Or, um, you know, some people take their job seriously. They're not just trying to get laid. Because the only way a bunch of people could understand that he would be in this female-dominated field is because he was trying to have sex, not because he was legitimately interested in this area, and that's where his skills were. So I think for men and women, this pigeonholing of, of what they're good at and that they have to stick to these lanes is is definitely a problem. Also, I think that it might be better to look at it on an individual basis. Like this woman has this strength and maybe it is the touchy-feely strength or maybe it is the number strength versus this man has this strength and not say like all women in this office are great at being the people pleasers and all men in this office are great at, you know, laying down the law. So I'm going to get sort of scientific here for a second because I <laughs> okay. think this is a great example. So when you hear about, you know, in terms of different skill sets, one thing that research has shown that, that men are better at is visual spatial ability, which is 
so random, right? But it's the ability to take an object and rotate it in your mind, mm-hmm. rotate it like 360 degrees. So they find that men are better at this, but they've also found that it's really correlated. This ability is correlated with the amount of time you spend playing video games. And on average, boys in the U.S. spend an hour and a half a day playing video games and girls spend 45 minutes a day playing video games. So then it would make sense that, okay, guys have this skill Mm -hmm. a little more. But then if you put men and women through a training program playing 16 hours of a video game that has a lot of this mental rotation, then all of a sudden the women are performing just as well as regular guys, right? Who didn't go through this training program. Hmm. So I think the point to me is that over time, it is certainly true that different skills and ways of being in the world are encouraged among men and different skills are encouraged among women. However, that doesn't mean that with a little training and mentorship, a man or a woman would be incapable of acting in a different way just because they're a man or woman. Maybe that individual might never learn to be assertive or might never learn to be touchy-feely, but that's because of that individual. It's not because, oh, it's a man. Of Mm. course, he could never do well in an HR role. Or, oh, it's a woman. Of course, she would never be able to climb the ranks of finance. In the workplace or anywhere, you know what? Men and women are pretty much the same. And when you look at the data on every measure of emotions and communication, different abilities, you see that men and women are the same. All right. And speaking of training and mentorship, I want to get down to like some real, you know, things that people can look for, ways that people can spot this and how we can help change our workplaces. But first, we're going to have a word from our sponsor. I'm always jealous of friends of mine who have beautiful professional websites that showcase all of their work or if they have blogs that showcase all of the food they're making. And I'm always like, I wish I could do that myself. I wish I had a place where all of my work could live, but I'm not talented enough to build it myself. And then I realized I could use Squarespace because their sites look professionally designed regardless of your skill level. You don't have to know any HTML. You don't have to know coding. They'll handle it for you. Their tools are easy to use and they're very intuitive. And if you sign up for a year, you get a free domain name and that looks professional. You can start your free trial site today at squarespace.com. And when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure you use the offer code REALSIMPLE to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace, build it beautiful. And we're back with Amber Madison. Before the break, you mentioned that with training and mentorship, you know, anyone can learn these skills. So I definitely want to talk about those those concrete things that listeners can take away from this and, and give them a new lens to look at their workplace. Uh, and the first thing I wanted to ask you was if people are interviewing for a job or people are ready to look for a new job, I'm thinking of young women just because I'm a woman, but you know, we do have male listeners too. What are some of the red flags that would kind of signal to you, like, this might not be the type of workplace where I can grow as fill in gender here? I think in any job interview, it could be important to ask things like, what does the gender ratio look like at the top of the company? You know, mm. to try to get some information about where men and women are you know, in terms of moving up, but then also, you know, depending on what kind of job you're getting, ask questions to see 
how gender diverse different teams are. You know, how many women are there on the tech team? How many men are there in HR? And if it seems that all women are, you know, that certain teams are all women and other teams are all men, then I think that could be a sign, you know what, this might be a place where they're really thinking along gendered terms in terms of how your career is going to go. Another thing that I think is great to ask is, hey, what are you guys doing to deal with gender bias? Do you have any Just like flat out ask? Yeah, because a lot of companies, if you look at some of the top tier, and I'm thinking tech companies now, they understand it's an issue and they want to do something about it. And, and you could get a whole range of answers from, oh, we have, you know, like I think Google and Facebook have developed their own unconscious bias training. So they might say, hey, every employee goes through this training. You might hear someone say, you know, a little, maybe not quite as advanced as that, oh, we know it's an issue. We have a women's resource group and, you know, we're thinking about programming throughout the year. Or you could have somebody look at you being like, I don't know, no one's ever brought that up. Right. And then it's just a wrong answer. <laughs> yeah. And, and not necessarily that that means that that company is very gender biased. Right. But at least you then know that, OK, this isn't something that's even on the radar. So if it's not something on the radar, it's probably not something that's as easy to talk about in that environment. It's not something that people are thinking about consciously. And what about if one, you know, people are in the company right now, what are we looking for that might make us want to either approach a mentor or approach a boss and say, I feel like there's something not good going on here. I feel like I'm my voice is getting stifled or I'm getting passed over for things that I know I'd be great at. Like, why am why is my potential not being realized? I know it's not because I'm a slacker. I think there's something else at work. If you have a boss who systematically seems to be mentoring men and he seems really open and you know his heart is in the right place, then you know what? Talking to him could make a huge difference, Mm -hmm. you know, and saying, I've noticed that a lot of the people you mentor are men. And, you know, I'm wondering, I know you don't mean to. And that's the best way to approach somebody it's not like they actually have it out for women. And of course, some people do, right? Mm-hmm. But, but you, if, you're, if it's someone that you feel like you could talk to and they'd listen to you, then it's probably someone who's maybe doing something a little gender biased, but they don't even realize it and they certainly don't mean to. So it's best to you know, assume that they're not intentionally being hurtful. Okay. So let's say you're at a company, you know, where you do feel like you could talk to maybe not your boss, but someone a little higher up. Maybe you have fostered a relationship with someone a few notches above you um, and you feel like, you know, it was promotion time came around and you kind of got sold short or this big project got, you know, brought to the table and you weren't selected for it. Or like you said, there are a lot of, you know, gender segregated teams in the office or something like that. Like if you're just starting to get that gut feeling like this just isn't, this just isn't right. Like what, how do you talk about that? I think it's always, and this is, it's so funny because so much of this advice works also for relationships. You know, (laughs) Great. Well, two for one. It's, 
you always want to single out individual instances of something happening. And so, like, it's not very productive to go up to someone and say, hey, I think you're acting <laughs> in a gender biased way. You yeah. know, like, what are you, okay, right. what do you mean? You know, whereas going up to your boss or whoever and saying, you know what, I've noticed that um, I get cut off a lot in meetings and I do have a lot to contribute. I know I can be quieter and I, I don't like to cut other people off, but you know, I would, I would love to have the chance to speak more, or I would love to have the chance to take on some more challenging projects because I notice that they tend to go to the same people. You know, you don't even necessarily have to say, I notice they always go to men, right? I mean, maybe that is something you want to say, but you could, yeah, hopefully, you know, or I think it's, it's always, you know, part of the balance to figure out is, is this a situation where you're just trying to really advocate for yourself or are you trying to advocate on behalf of other women in your organization? Right. And if it's for other women, then you do need to absolutely, you know, bring up the woman thing. Yeah. And I do. The other thing I think is really important to acknowledge is that when we talk about gender bias in the workplace, it's often simplified as what is a man with more power doing to a woman with less power, right? Mm-hmm. But gender biases go always. So women will also act in very gender biased ways to other women. Mm-hmm. And women and men can act in different gender biased ways to other men. So when we think about gender biases happening, you really have to think with a 360 view all around you of the, the men around you, the women around you, those above you, those below you, you know, but people everywhere, because there's gender bias just flying everywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. <laughs> so what do you think, obviously, Gender Rebrand, your company is a great resource, but what do you think are some other good resources for young women, young men, you know, people in the workplace who are looking to just make sure that their companies are effective and supportive and, and even get career resources for themselves to make sure that they have like competence to go into the workplace and and be their best selves. Yeah, there there are definitely a lot of resources out there for individuals to learn certain skills. So like lean in, obviously, um, take the lead is another one. And they have, I believe, leadership speakers. It's I think take the lead.org. You would, Mm -hmm. you would find it if you Googled it, but that can be another good resource and something that everybody can do. You know, we talked about assessing the risk of talking to someone else about gender bias, but back to the idea that we all have some gender bias in us, we can always question ourselves, right? That's Mm -hmm. something that's really easy to do, to think about what are the assumptions I make about myself because of my gender? What are the assumptions I make about other people? I think the, the feedback I've gotten on this topic and on so many things we've talked about on this show is that one of the best resources is just to keep talking about it. You know, whatever the issue is, whether it's money, whether it's relationships, like just to keep the conversations open and and hopefully just that brings the awareness to, to the table. Absolutely. And this does not have to be a difficult, contentious, right. horrible conversation, you know. 
Absolutely. And of course, I mentioned as another resource, people can learn more about your company, which is Gender Rebrand, and the site is genderrebrand.com. And they can find you on Twitter by the same handle, at Gender Rebrand. And I just think this show and this conversation is a great way to start all of us talking and looking at our businesses and making sure that you know, we're working in places that will support us and will help us grow. So I really appreciate your time today, Amber. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. And you can find a link to Amber's website and company, Gender Rebrand, in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me today for another episode of Adulthood Made Easy. If you have questions or topics you'd like me to cover in the future, just tweet them to me at Sam Zabel and I'll add them to my list. I'd like to thank our engineer, Kristen Meinzer, and our editor, Tim Einenkel. And don't forget to grab a copy of the book that has all the answers, The Real Simple Guide to Real Life, which you can get wherever books are sold. I'm Sam Zabel, and I'll see you next time.